0: Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning into the show. Let's talk about talking with Glenn Mead. My name's Chris Sutton. This is Mental Conversations. Boom, and we're live. So I'm sat looking at the very nicely warm face of Glenn Mead. Glenn, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you very
1: much. Yeah, nice to be indoors, not out in the snow.
0: Yeah, we're recording this, and it's um, you just you were saying to me seven seven inches of snow on the road in Sheffield. Sheffield. So, yeah. Um, funnily enough, I'm doing a podcast later um, today with someone from Singapore, and uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that he's not going to be experiencing the the difficulties of the snow that we're, that we're in the equator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So let's talk about talking. Um, I know you always come with a big plan and, and loads of preparation. So tell us, tell us what it was about that, that you were, uh, that got, got your mind racing with that.
1: Well, my background in coaching and psychology is, it really stems from, it's not altruistic, it stems from selfishness about me trying to understand myself. And I wouldn't now class myself as an introvert or say so more extrovert, but I have had moments in my life where I've been shy socially mm. until recently I'm 56 now and there've been times when you go to a, a social gathering an event and there might be people there you actually know and I have this I used to have this fear of thinking what the hell am I going to say what if I get talking to that person who you know gives you one word answers so coaching helped me understand that the power of open questions you can ask people things about what they've done where do you come from you know what have you done today who do you support football wise whatever it might be and it's just keeping that process of dialogue going on but then i looked at okay that was my anxiety from fear of rejection perhaps fear of being boring mm. fear of no one wanting to engage with me and occasions where i've gone to parties uh you know when we we're allowed to have them again after lockdown i've realized the times i've enjoyed myself the most is when no one's asked me anything <laughs> mm. because i've got into conversation with someone and they turn you know, you, you assume they're from sheffield you assume you, you you know them through school kids or work or whatever it might be, and then you find out well actually you know twenty years ago they they lived in Singapore for a year oh yeah. what are you doing work for the VSO and it's only from asking those questions do you get to know someone and it could be done in as short as a minute you know yeah. a couple of minutes just by being willing to suspend whatever it is you're already thinking. About what they're thinking about you, or what you think they think you should be asking them, or whatever it is, you know, how we can tie ourselves up in knots when we're feeling anxious. Hmm. And this continual striving for improving the coaching I deliver is to understand, wanting to feel that. I'm competent and skilled at asking questions. You can listen to various podcasts, obviously yours is one one of them, but another guy on um, Radio 5 Live who's an expert interviewer, and you just listen to him having a conversation with someone, sometimes about even the most troubling subjects, and it just keeps flowing. And you have no idea where this conversation is going to go, nor does the interviewer, because just one question opens up another avenue.
0: I see, yeah.
1: But I'm wanting to understand groups better for being a facilitator and a team coach, to understand what's going on in the room and at what stage did something that potentially started off as quite neutral and civil and polite end up down this avenue where people were going, yeah, but Chris, no, 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 no Chris, yeah, you're wrong. all the nonverbal behaviour that says, no, 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 no I'm, I'm listening to you, but I'm not really because I've already written you off.
0: Mm-hmm. And how
1: does that personal anxiety, anger, fear, rejection then affects the way our brain's working
0: so it, do you, so like how yeah. does that fit fe- and then how does that feed into that group dynamic as well and, exactly yeah. and 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 kind of you'll find i'm sure you'll find and you found in your research kind of that those characters that have the maybe the most anxiety um like that's running underneath Sometimes we'll use like attack as the best form of defense. So maybe Mm. a little bit of aggression, and we'll be outspoken. And then the group gets taken down this path because someone would need to stand up to that behavior or that kind of you know the way that person's interjected. Um, So yeah, it's it's fascinating actually to think about what's going on underneath, isn't it?
1: Yeah, exactly. That you know our, our fragile egos. We all need to feel that we belong that we uh, understand what's going on and that people understand us in return and that we have some sort of power or control that we can make things happen. <clears throat> and that they come from what we call basic human emotional needs. There's you know, quite a few of them, but those three stick out. So when you don't feel part of the group or accepted and you feel rejected it's physically painful it's psychologically painful and physically painful and there was some research coming who the researchers were but they into brain functioning they found out the same areas of the brain where you experience physical pain and you take paracetamol to cure it so you got you know cold or cough or toothache or something it's the same area of the brain that registers psychological pain from being rejected so and
0: they
1: have said that if you are, if you ex- experience quite significant social anxiety and you really do want to go out business networking or going to a party or something, have a paracetamol before you go. And down uh, we'll and down. Yes, yeah, so it's a fascinating. Not, I'm not advocating, you know, just rely on chemical no, um, no. means, because, but it helps. And then you can use these other skills about how to ask people questions. But as you going back to the, to the group and the dynamics and the ego there, yeah, you're quite right that someone's got to stand up. Someone's got to be able to say, well, actually, you know, we've heard enough of that now. What about, you know, well, I've got an opinion. Hmm. So I've been reading a couple of books on you know, conversations and one of them is called The Art of Dialogue, uh, by, written by a guy called William Isaacs. and came out in 1999. I found out about it this year. It's one of those books you read. You think, if only I read this 24, <laughs> 24 years ago, then uh, it would have opened my eyes up. Man. And it just looks at the... The way that a a conversation or discussion can go, when maybe just two people coming together rather than a group, but the same principles apply. And there's some of the things this book was talking about. Wasn't you? The first word, the word meaning of the word conversation, its its uh, meaning, its stem from. I think it's from Greek or Latin. Says it's to turn towards each other. Hmm. So you can't have a conversation if uh, you're talking. I've turned my shoulder away from you, uh, or if I'm even looking elsewhere or looking you know damn damn it these things iphones you know, say glenn i want yeah. to talk to you yeah come on yeah i'm listening well you're not really because you've turned away from me so that turning together to say we're now going to engage in an exchange of thoughts and even better if we feel safe doing that
0: that's so, uh, can i just say something there because yep. it's just because while it's in my head it's interesting i picked up recently uh i don't know where i got this from, but. When I, um, I I've had several conversations in the last couple of weeks where the other person has flicked their eyes down at their phone, and if they get and the way they when they've kind of held their gaze there for a little bit longer, I've 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 said at least twice in the last couple of weeks, I've said, "I'll just wait for you to finish," and they kind of go, "Oh, sorry, sorry." (laughs) I don't know if it's like passive aggressive what I'm doing, but I'm like, "I'll just wait," you know. I want to be, I want to have a conversation yeah. with you where we're engaged with each other. So I'll just yeah. wait, you know, if you need to do that first, that's fine. Um, and, but usually the reaction you get is one of pure guilt of <laughs> kind of like, yeah. oh, I'm so sorry because people are so hooked and, you know, like um, trained to look at their phone every couple of seconds <laughs> that they don't even realize they're doing it half the time. And it, yeah. it does impact negatively on your eye contact and ability to be engaged with one another.
1: It, it doesn't. And because we're doing this on Zoom, and I can see your face, you can see mine. We're using, we're relying on that visual cue as well. Hmm. And this is a, a downside of you know, the digital virtual world: is that the time it takes depends on con- connection strength, broadband, all that sort of thing. But the time I I say something, and the time by the time you've received it, your visual cues, your reactions to it are out of sync with me expecting you to reciprocate. So there's a delay. And I think uh, we're talking about hundreds of milliseconds, you know, less yeah. than half a second. But I could say something. I won't consciously be aware of there's some incongruence between what I've just said and your your expression. So I might say something, I've got some fantastic news for you, Chris. You know, um, I'm gonna send you a free book and your eyes light something, wow, freebie. But yeah, you might be delayed, you might be
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: a millisecond later, but my subconscious brain's picking up and thinking, he's not really interested, is he?
0: But yeah. again,
1: it's adding to that emotional me- uh, meaning-making, which I'm not raising to to conscious level and saying I can understand it. So that example you said of saying to someone, well, I'll wait until you finish looking at your phone, that if you just left it like that, it might come across as, ooh, ooh, ooh Chris, okay, okay, yeah. But <laughs> yeah. the, the explanation, you then offered it and said, it's really important that we are fully engaged and I think it'll be better if you're you're not distracted and I'm not distracted, which is a logical, yeah. rational level-headed quite neutral valid yeah. statement yeah. but how many people say that and if you're interested in iPhones you should listen to Sparks their album um one of the songs on it called iPhone but it comes with parental guidance but it's a really right. good song I'm writing about that people one down. not paying attention um so that first stage is conversation we turn towards each other
0: hmm.
1: and then we deliberate and deliberate it's stem from language means to weigh out so you can imagine you've got your opinion i've got my opinion and we're putting on these scales and we're starting to weigh it out and this is where you've got a choice so typically very often the case probably because of cultural pressures and learnt behavior we go into our entrenched positions of saying right you've got your your opinion You need to get that across. You need to have your airtime. You need to emphasize it and state it and make it really quite clear how important it is and true. And that Mm. by logical oppositional conclusion, the other side is wrong. So immediately we're into that thing of, well, one of us is right. One of us is wrong. And I tell you what, it's not going to be me. It's obviously you. (laughs) So then we go into what's called defensiveness. And in this defensiveness position, we're now defending is to attack or fight off or, say, you talked about someone attacking in a meeting because they're being defensive. And it comes, again, at a point where we can either go into this element of um, arguing the point, going to and fro and being an advocate and saying, yeah, but, yeah, but, no, but, yeah, but I think you're wrong. I think you'll find that. Well, if you had all the information, you would realise how wrong that is. And then becoming almost making personal attacks on each other's um what we perceive to be the cognitive ability their intelligence their awareness their their effectiveness which when we hear that sort of language and we're on the receiving end of it it starts us making feel that we're being rejected
0: yeah it's hard
1: yeah, that anxiety means, increases it,
0: it you know it's it's fascinating to unpick it because you know it's it's given me some kind of thoughts of specific situations that i've been in where you are kind of like um Especially if you've got a difference of opinion, you know, and then you do have when you have when you're having that conversation and it becomes about winning. Mm. If you both go into a conversation where it's about winning, you're almost certainly in some respects both going to lose because in terms of someone might win the point of like, if it's a specific argument, and I mean, maybe maybe it's a, a disagreement and it's about something of how do we do the next thing next? And you think we should do it this way. I think we should do it this way. So ultimately, perhaps there's a winner in terms of you win, that's the route we go down. But actually, in terms of the relationship, in terms of the kind of the next time around, and what essentially baggage you then bring to every conversation you have you know mm. there are certain people i'm sure we can all think of them that um you know you think oh this is going to be a difficult one before you've <laughs> even you know like before you've yeah. even started yeah. because of what's happened before and then and therefore you go into it in a certain way um and then you can see that they're doing the same thing um so i always try I try to kind of go into most situations thinking i don't i either want i mean a win win is the best thing, isn't it um yeah. or to or to draw you know i want to draw it's kind of like i want a, a score draw kind of thing here, <laughs> where where we both yeah. we both win a couple of points but we actually end up going, yeah okay, yeah we've yeah we'll we'll do that there's a bit of compromise um but actually i accept that you've listened to me and we've talked we've talked before glenn about um that importance of being listened to and in fact i think we had a conversation once around how people the way that people respond to a point they quite often people will be thinking not about what the other person's saying, but about what do I say next? Yeah, exactly. And, and you've got that kind of unconscious: what do I say next? What do I say next? What do I say? All oh, right, they've said something. I've got a. This is when I say that. You know, this is and actually, um, when you listen to maybe, maybe people think this about me. Actually, if you listen to this regularly, but when you listen to a podcast regularly with the same host, um, quite often you can go I, I'm like, oh I know what this guy's gonna say now. Because you've heard so the pattern you yeah. recognize the pattern of oh you've said that buzzword, you know, you've said beach ball, so he's gonna say that. Or you've said psychedelics, he's gonna say, you know, I know he's gonna start talking about that. But you don't like so it, it it's it's fascinating the way that that conversation yeah. flows, isn't it?
1: And it's and, and that and we do that in every every moment of our waking life that mm. we're trying to predict what's going to happen in order to stay alive. So when we make patterns, it's uh, that the errors come in, the thinking errors come in when we say, well, we've seen this confirmatory bias, that's that's happened. So this is definitely going to be the outcome. I know what Chris is going to say right now because I've been there. And for and for some of that, it's, it's all about motivation and the pain versus pleasure. And it might be a reward and saying, I know what Chris is going to say now. He's going to come out with a joke or he's going to come out with a story. And I'm really looking forward to that because I've had pleasurable experiences in the past. Or it might be, oh, he's going to say something really crass now. And it's going to be embarrassing. So brace yourself. <laughs> and yeah. got an opportunity to quickly go and
0: turn the podcast off don't do that listeners because they're all very good um, no i did you know what just made uh, me think though what yeah. it just made me think though glenn sorry to interrupt you it just made me think that every time i step foot into the playground with my nine-year-old and she's like please don't start dancing or singing daddy like <laughs> don't go on the slide too big <laughs> daddy just like she said that yeah. to me the other day and i was like i don't dance and sing in the playground she went you do i was like <laughs> not not knowingly and i'm usually just trying to be fun with them and that she's got to this point now where she's like please don't do that and i'm like all oh, we're doing is walk, walking towards the playground but that's her kind of yeah sorry i interrupted yeah, you
1: but yeah, carry on in with that well, expectation of what a parent should be so they come, mm-hmm. they come down to a norm and a rule so we've got the we've got that defensiveness and that the where it becomes yeah but no but yeah but no and we debate and eventually i win and you lose or you lose and i win or we both lose but we won't admit it or well, we both win, but we're not really happy with that either. But mm. we're still in entrenched positions. That's called unproductive, unproductive uh, defensiveness, and it becomes you know just a, a slangy match. It ends up in debate, which means to beat down. So whoever's mm. getting beaten down, maybe just run out of energy, maybe they can't summon the thoughts at the time, and you end up feeling chewed up, burnt up, tense, maybe humiliated, maybe cowed. Um, and then the person who who wins might have a sudden increase in testosterone, which improves their sense of self confidence, which can then lead to ignore things. And later on, still on this defensiveness, we have another track you can go down, which is, they call it controlled or productive defensiveness, where it's still saying, Yeah, my position is and your position is that. But this time we bring in data. We say, Well, let's see the facts. And you analyze the data. And then eventually you either reach some sort of point of synthesis where, the two positions create a third position, and it's all very logical. It's very analytical, and it relies on data. So, if you're in that situation and you just can't put your finger on the facts at the time, or you, you know, the the thing that's on the tip of your tongue just evades you for that moment, and you can't you can't mar- uh, muster or marshal the data you need to prove that you're right and they're wrong, then you lose.
0: Mm. So,
1: you can you can reach a sort of compromised position there but it's still on that position of saying well okay you know I lost that one defensive body language feeling small arms folded avoiding eye contact uh, low in mood maybe go back to the office and give a bit of your anger to everyone else uh, deliberately or subconsciously you know and you go home and shout at the kids or shout at someone else's
0: kids this is why this is why it's so important where you know, we're talking about conversations with other people, but and I I come to this quite regularly on this show. But um, our self talk is why our self talk so important, isn't it? Because if if you come out of those conversations and you feel like you've lost, and you act in that way that you just described, and you're defensive, and you're arm, you know, you folded your arms, and and then like you describe, you you go into this next arena, whether it's with family or you go back to the office or it's 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 inevitably going to spill over into that you know your next interactions and people might be like oh he's acting out of character and it it, it's about you know if you can keep that balance of uh, of in some respects never be getting too high on yourself and never getting too low and just being like Mm. well actually that yeah that happened i think that kind of curiosity and interest Mm. in like huh Okay he you know she behaved like that, and she seems to have walked away from this conversation, thinking that she's won that, and I feel like I've lost, so I'm not in a great place, but but okay, and I suppose ultimately yeah. the best if you want to get your own way, the best position to be in is where the other person thinks they've won
1: <laughs> yes well that that yeah that, that's that's interesting we'll come on to that yeah the the recovery from those experiences those like micro reflective practice hmm. because you could go away thinking i lost and then comes it labeling thinking i lost therefore i'm a loser loser and hmm. you go into the next one and because i'm a loser no one no one likes a loser they won't want to like me so i'm now being rejected by the people around me who are in that meeting or maybe will hear of that meeting and the fact I lost, and obviously I'm making that connection immediately that they don't like me either, although well, they've not checked it. And that's all defence because we're preparing, bracing yourself for that rejection, which may never happen. So if you can get a, a habit of coming away from that, going, oh well, you yeah, know, deep breath, that was interesting.
0: Yes, um, yeah. What do I learn
1: from that? What did I it, learn from that? Because it, it, you come away, you 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 have learned something. Something's changed. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it might not be the right consequence. It might be the other party is still it was still inconclusive maybe both parties are wrong but we haven't reached a position which is the truth and correct so you're learning about other people's distortions your own distortions misperceptions but exactly right try and avoid beating yourself up get a, get a professional to do it for you that's what i say to my coaches um, <laughs> and then realize the emotional physiological sensations that are going on because you will be tense you will be higher blood uh, heart rate higher blood pressure and feeling that you're in a battle or you're trying to run away from one
0: interesting one of the things you said there that's that's fascinating You've you've come back to it a couple of times is about that there's that under that underlying feeling of or underlying need more to the point of being liked Mm. and it is quite a fascinating thing when you whether it's whether I'm right or wrong in this, you know, whether it's a true statement or not, you know, there are, there appear to be some people that can kind of waltz their way through life and not really seem to care if people like them. Um, And they're the ones that seem quite, can seem quite brash or overconfident or, you know, ultimately, I've got Trump in my head ultimately, <laughs> Donald Trump, <laughs> oh, you know, like that's a good place which, to be on a Friday,
1: <laughs> you know, which is a,
0: a whole kind of a whole nother ball, uh, like ball game probably. But, but, but it's just that, it's just that thought of kind of, if, you know, that does seem to be like, I, I tell you, like I had this conversation with someone the other day and they, they said to me two or three times, you know, I'm going to say this, but I know that's going to make you think that Chris. And I was like, and after a while I was like, can I just say like three times in the last 10 minutes, you've said, you know what I'm going to think. Mm. I was like, do you, we don't know each other that well. And I was like, you know, it's really interesting like for me mm-hmm. to hear someone yeah. talk like that. And I was like, do you want me to tell you what I think of you? And it really put them off guard. It was quite it's, funny because they went, It's what it's a I was like, I'll tell it, you if you want. Like
1: So what they're really trying <laughs> to say is um I'm worried, yeah, I'm worried about upsetting you or being rejected by you or you thinking less of me because what I'm gonna tell you, you I think you won't be happy with.
0: Yeah. And they're so, great. This person's great. Yeah, I've got a lot yeah. of time for them. So I was kind of like, I'm trying to work out where this is coming from. That you're caveating these, you know, you're prefacing these questions, these these um not not questions, these like thoughts or these like things you're you're saying with, mm-hmm. uh, you're probably going to think this about me now. And I'm like, you don't, I don't know why you're saying that. I'm really interested to find out, to uncover that a little bit. And if it would help you, I'll tell you what I think of you, if you like. And then and then, yeah. then you might think, oh, OK, maybe this is going to land differently to how I feel, because there's a bit more trust there or there's a bit more. Yeah. Understa- I'm going to receive a bit more understanding, um, you know, so it's. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's interesting that it's just another kind of one of those dynamics of conversation, mm. isn't it?
1: I've, I've just been breaking eye contact with you on the screen, which subconsciously is making you thinking, Glenn's not paying attention. Um, no, it, I, know you're I know what you're doing.
0: You're like, yeah, you're thinking, and I'm joking. I I know what you're
1: doing. Do you want me to tell you what I really think, Chris? No, um, because you, you're saying things and it's triggering associations in my mind. So we talk about these three needs, belonging, meaning, control. And if you have those those human emotional needs, if they're frustrated or violated, you get an emotion and um, usually a negative one, you know, fear, anger, disgust, sadness, shame. But I'm just thinking, what does the belonging and like is it to be liked to say, well, Chris is a great guy, I'd like to go for a pint with him or go for a walk in the Dales? Or is there a need to be acknowledged? So I, mm. I my need for liking um, when people wanting to say, oh, "I'm going to have a chat with Glenn." He's a great laugh. I'm not so high on that, but I do feel I need to be recognised for doing the right thing or being competent at something. And mm-hmm. if it means I have to give bad news and I have to sort out an emergency, then I want to feel that other people think I did the right thing. So that's where my need comes in. Um, yeah. So it's more of that acknowledgement. Some of these other human emotional needs, you know, belongings in there, another one is attention, that we need people to pay us attention. And when that's broken, and that's where loneliness, You know, we are social creatures. There's a, a concept in psychology called compressance, which is the need to be physically with other people, to have mm. some sort of contact. So we get it a little bit through this digital media that we're using at the moment, but it doesn't beat being in the same room as someone because you could be... Yeah. Same room and not even say a word. And then I will say, "You're upset with me, aren't you, Chris? I can tell. I can read your mind. <laughs> <laughs> the way you're sitting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> See, what, what, what are these obscene hand gestures I'm getting? Yeah, why have the... <laughs> <Mind laughs> got no <their> clothes on? <laughs> <laughs> we're both fully clothed, I'd like the listener to know. But it'll be fine if we were Um Although it is cold. So <laughs> yes. Yeah. The, um, what I was going to say. What you're saying there that really interests me is about if you know if we can understand in ourselves what our needs are Mm. so where you've just said about like for yourself you it's you don't carry as much value with someone thinking or behaving in a way that's like oh you know i'd love to go for a pint with glenn but it's more about acknowledgement of you know abilities and um, mm. I, I, I had this conversation, I don't know if I should share this, I had this conversation on the weekend with my partner, Claire, um, and she'd seen this thing about love languages. Have you ever heard of this? It's like no. a pop no. psychology thing. But like, and one of them was like, you you know, there were a, bit, a bunch of 30 odd questions or whatever. But but one of them was like, you need compliments, you need the, you need your partner to like say nice things about you or say well done for doing something. One of them was about touch and about like you know that if they were walking past you they'd like touch you on the shoulder or they'd kiss you on the cheek or you'd you're, and then and one of them was about like um, gifts and like whether receiving gifts is the way that you think you think all right I'm loved and then the, uh, and then the last one I think there were seven actually but then the other one that I remember was around. Um, Um, doing practical things for them so and and what it worked out as was that uh, maybe i shouldn't say which way around it was but one of us really liked um or needed to hear those compliments those nice words and the other one of us really needed or or benefits the most from doing a job for them so it's like you know if i usually take the bins out just for example and claire was like oh by the way i've taken the bins out and i'd be like oh my god she loves me (laughs) you know like (laughs) and it was really it was really funny and i'm i know i'm making fun of it but it was a really interesting experiment we do things like that all the time just like these mind like things because it's interesting and it's fun but having that awareness then so like say it was me i'm not gonna say which way around it was but say it was me that needs the compliments uh, I'm pointing at myself and whispering, "It was me." Right, so, Claire. Knowing that now will be more complimentary, just because, like, all right, well, I know Chris might need that, for example, and and perhaps I'll do a task. It's just so. So, what you're saying there, if you have a knowledge about yourself in terms of the communication, how brilliant for those people that you're talking to. One, if you're able to explain that to them, if you're close to them, so they can. Understand it, but two, to realise, ah, maybe I'm being a bit oversensitive here because I'm that I'm inclined towards that, and I'm not receiving it from this person. So either way, you win by having that knowledge about yourself. I feel.
1: Yes, yeah, because we are selfish, and only probably the most practised, experienced Buddhist could you know meditate to that state of not worrying about. The, the meaning of life but we experience these things all the time that the emotional needs that say you really do need to stay close to this group be it mm. one person or, or group them so going back to the conversation part of it so they've done the defensiveness part there is a there's a choice when it comes to that weighing up and before it goes down the entrenched positions this is where the choice comes in and it really it's all about what we've just been discussing so the the option the other option is to say rather than go down the I know what my position is. I know what Chris's position is and we're going to battle it out. I'll just suspend. I'll suspend that I know anything about Chris or the situation or what I'm expecting. So my assumptions of having worked with you in the past and what you are like, and I know what you're thinking. I just know what you're thinking. I'm going to suspend all that. And instead it's going to go into the stage of saying, well, okay, I need to understand you more. And the only way I can do that is by firstly respecting that you You are a unique individual. I can come close to understanding what it's like to be Chris Sutton, but even if I walked in your moccasins for a mile, uh, which would be great, because at the end of it, I'll be a mile away and I'll have a free pair of shoes. But even (laughs) then, I wouldn't know what it's like to be Chris Sutton. So I can pretend to go, oh yeah, 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 I understand. But I have to realize I can't fully understand that. But it doesn't stop me from respecting that. So I've suspended my own judgments about your position, I respect that you have a position, and that uh, you have experiences which I won't fully understand, which paints a picture in your own world,
0: mm-hmm. which I can
1: only reflect on. And the only way I'm going to understand that is if I listen fully and attentively. Your know, iPhone's away, all distractions away. And to do that, I have to be able to ask questions and say, okay, we've got different experiences at the moment. You know, Would it be good if you
0: told me about what it was like for you? What did your experience? Yes. Yeah. And that, that, how do you see it? That's a brilliant question, isn't it? Because yeah. it, it, it just opens it up. I mean, I know essentially it is an open question, and asking, you mentioned it right at the beginning of this, you know, asking open questions is a fantastic mm. way to, to learn about somebody and to get them talking um, so that you can have more data to 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 help yourself in that conversation too. Yeah. It's very difficult, isn't it, when you yeah. ask a question that someone is just gives a one word answer to and then you're like, oh, it's oh hang on, we're playing ping pong. It's back at me already. Uh mm. I need to ask another question. Um so yeah, I mean I've had it on this I've had it on this show, as you can imagine, like uh where I've I've started and I've been five, six minutes in and gone, well oh, this is quite hard actually to i thought you know i always say about oh, it's just a chat it's just a chat but actually some just the chats with with some people that aren't being recorded are the same and you're 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 kind of like well d- do you not want to give me anything like do you not want to be here and then you start building up and layering up your sets of assumptions about oh they yeah. don't like me you oh, know they don't this. what does it mean about
1: me yeah yeah what does it mean about me? um so we've we've, 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 we've just got
0: we've just got a couple of minutes left so you know yeah so if you want to hit me with some last minute knowledge because uh, yeah. I know yeah so look,
1: it's those, those four four skills um, suspending what you think is happening, your assumptions, your judgment about people, and that belief that there is certainty we we need certainty because we're trying to stay alive, but mm. we have to you know there's no certainty i'm right, there's no certainty I'm wrong that we're in this ether which is indecision, and people feel uncomfortable with that, so spend your judgment, respect that the other party's got a view and experience that you won 't fully understand, but you need to allow them to, to voice it. So mm-hmm. then listening fully, attentively, understanding what's going on, but then being prepared to then voice your own truth. They, they voice their truth. This is how I mm-hmm. see it. This is what I saw. This is what I experienced. This is how I perceived it. But all of us being fully welcoming to the possibility that we might actually be wrong. We might be wrong because we don't have the full picture. And we won't have it. It. our brains cannot deal with more than between four and six bits of information consciously. The rest mm. of it's subconscious, and we distort memory um, what we think happened didn't exactly happen, and the more we re- recall memories of experiences, yeah. the more they get distorted. Mm. so that that when you's coming back just to the last thing, when you said if there's strong personalities in the meeting room and someone needs to be able to say uh, to manage it somehow and stand up against it. When a group gets together, they're at the first stage you're in this sort of position of being polite. there's yeah. collective you know there's rules here and structure. And everyone feels reasonably safe when that rules. And then the conversation starts. We're going to phase two, which is where we get into breakdown, where it goes into entrenched positions. And it's at that stage we have to recognize that everyone's got a unique view. We need some data, some evidence. But we're doing it in a spirit of being open to the possibility that we could be wrong. Yeah. And open to the likelihood that we're all going to be better informed as a result of this. Even if the outcome isn't resolved. So then it goes into inquiry where we say, go tell me more about that. And what do we learn from that? And then finally, people feel safe. And it goes back, rather than being individual, it goes back to the collective. So we are all together. What have we heard? What have we learned? What can we do differently about this? What's the decision that we're going to take as a result? And we come away thinking, well, that was tricky. That was difficult. That was hard. And we've learned a lot from it. But I feel safe. Yeah
0: but yeah ultimately yeah. we can move it forwards it's it's really yeah it's a really yeah really nice way to finish it as well how do people if if they want to change their lives for the better how do they get hold of you
1: um well you can go on my website which is called facevaluepp.com or uh email glenn at face fantastic um <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm on LinkedIn, Glenn Mead, G-L-E-N-N, Mead, on LinkedIn.
0: You can find me there. Brilliant. Thank you so much for coming on again, Glenn. It's been absolutely brilliant. I've loved it. Thank you. Uh, And thank you guys out there for listening. As always, another episode will be winging its way to you soon. Thanks, everyone.